Hi, I'm Tracy Koga, and thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. I'm Tracy Koga, and welcome to Hugh at Home. And we are on location here at Nine Rounds Downtown. And this gym plays a big, important part in the making of a local documentary called Range of Emotion. is a story of Krishna Mankasing. And you might know that name because he is a champion bodybuilder. But Chris also lives with schizophrenia. So we'll learn more about the documentary and meet some of the four great stars in the film right here on Hugh at Home. Krishna, this has been an amazing year for you. Not only has it been a pandemic and isolation, but you have managed to share an incredible story with all of us. Range of emotion. So it is dealing with your life, living with schizophrenia. Take us back to when you first thought there was something different. Okay, so going back, I would be about uh, 19 or 20. So I had just completed my first bodybuilding show. And uh, after winning uh, the show, it was just surreal, it was great. And I started getting, um, I guess they had a talent agency uh, with MABA. And so they had some movie opportunities. And I, for some reason, thought it was some kind of a setup. Uh, So I was wondering, why am I thinking like this? Like, I knew there's something wrong with that type of thinking. I uh, talked to my dad about it, and he said, you know, you should go for this day. I think they want you to be in a movie. Um, but in my, I started getting very paranoid, and it was just like a natural, um, a natural thing where I had all this fear, and I guess it turned into paranoia. And so I thought that for sure that there was some kind of setup for me. Uh, you know, obviously looking back, I can see that maybe that was a blown opportunity. <laughs> but I mean, I... Getting schizophrenia, getting schizophrenia also at the same time, there'd be no way to manage that with uh, some kind of career in that way. Um, after that had passed for a bit, um, I was doing okay. I started uh, getting into uh, religion a lot and uh, became a minister for a while. Um, but I was very, I wouldn't want to say fanatical, but I was very strict. So I would study eight hours a day the Bible, um, going into um, you know history and all this different stuff, I was really passionate about it. I really cared about what I was doing. I was trying to help people uh, until I got to a point I think where I just got too engrossed in that, and uh, I started having all this overwhelming fear. Um, I was doing some public speaking at the time uh, as being a minister, and then I started getting really too frightened to do it. And going through that process, I knew there was something wrong because it just happened really in a day. Like this intense fear came over where, um, yeah, I, I really just didn't even want to leave my house. I was just, just uh, very, very scared. So um, what would happen is I would kind of recluse. And so the people from the religion well-meaning would come trying to get me out of the house. And, uh, you, know, you know, well, how come you're, you're not doing this and you're not doing that or whatever? 
Um, and it, it kind of turned into a negative experience because there wasn't a lot known about schizophrenia and there wasn't a lot known about mental illness, especially back then. Uh, and especially in that community, it was very un, unknown. So uh, starting to realize that there was some problem with uh, communicating with people. There would be this thing where they would block their eye or block their mouth. And that was something I was just imagining. Um, of, of course, to me, it was normal. I thought people were doing this while they're talking to me, and uh, it was very distracting. So at some point, I asked one of my uh, friends, I'm like, well, why, are, why is everyone doing that, right? So w when I could see the honest expression was like, we're not doing anything, that was right. The next day, I went to the doctor, and uh, he diagnosed me with schizophrenia, sent me to a specialist. Um, I had a lot of problems to work through. Uh, I got on lots of medications. The medications they put me on doubled my weight. So I went from like 160 pounds to 315. So and I ended up developing diabetes from the medication, um, heart condition. This is all within like five years. So I went from you know, winning a bodybuilding championship within five years to being unrecognizable to people that I would, maybe if I bumped into them at the, uh, uh, a superstore or something like that, they, they wouldn't know who it was. They didn't know it was Chris. So... Uh, it was quite the experience to go through a big high to a big low like that. So depression sat in, uh, keeping myself precluded like that, uh, deteriorated my ability to socialize. So I became very basic in the way I would talk to people. Um, I didn't know how to communicate effectively, I guess you could say, because of all that fear and the paranoia would slant the way that I would f view a person talking to me. I would view it as what are they doing? You know, why are they doing this? Or is there some other reason for what's happening in this conversation? That, those kind of things would creep in there. Until it came to a headway where uh, I guess I would be about 30, uh, 35, 36, where uh, the doctor said, you basically got two months to live, maybe two years, because your diabetes is at 22, your blood sugar is very, very high, you could have a stroke or heart attack at, at any, you know, basically at any time. So um, lucky for me at that time, a new medicine came out, and it was called Abilify. And basically this medicine still put weight on, but it wasn't a tranquilizer like the other ones. They would really slow you down. Now, this particular one allowed me to have my natural motivation. So one thing I would encourage people if they uh, find themselves in these kind of situations is to try and get the right dosage. Because I could tell now, looking back, I was well, like way over-medicated. Like at, there was a certain rate where the medication was going to do what it was going to do to the extent it could, but adding more on would just wreck the quality of my life. So I would really, really encourage people to have that discussion with their doctor on the actual dosages, mm -hmm. uh, because those are the things like when you have too much of something, it can it can cause those problems that I experienced. So going back to this Abilify, I went on the lowest possible dose where it took the edge off where I could actually just work on the problem within myself, so kind of strengthen myself, where the, med the illness wouldn't overwhelm me, but I could still kind of function. And uh, the, the very first day, I just went for a walk outside, and it was only a nine-and-a-half-minute walk. And looking back, it, it really is this nine-and-a-half-minute walk that caused this entire turnaround, because I felt great. Um, I was very tired and sweaty and everything, but... Uh, and all I could do was nine and a half minutes. I had like, my feet were swollen and everything and I was pouring sweat. 
But uh, the next day I went a little longer, a little longer, and next thing you know I'm walking six to eight hours a day. Uh, in six months I lost almost all the weight. And yeah, it was, it was amazing uh, uh, experience. Now look at you, you're a picture of health. No one would know that you have schizophrenia. And now making this documentary about yourself, opening yourself up, sharing it with three of your great friends that have followed you on this journey. How are you doing now, Chris? And then what is it like to see your story on the screen? Well, sharing it with my friends is, well, these, these two individuals I met just in general, right? So I didn't expect or think anything of it. I'm just always nice and genuine. I try to be to everyone. Uh, I've learned uh, that just being yourself, uh, some people will like it, some people won't, right? And that's okay if they don't, right? And you, ha you have to be okay with that. So, for example, Paul, who uh, is in the documentary, um, I could see that he had anxiety. He came into, uh, eventually I got back to work, and I was working at Good Life, and uh, he had come in uh, to do a workout. And I could tell, because I know a lot about anxiety, I know a lot about depression and things like that. I could tell he was feeling those things, and that's why he would be at the gym in the middle of the night. And he was a heavier fellow. He was like 430 pounds at one point. And I think by the time when I met him, I think he was around just under 400. And I started to get to know him and talk to him, and I could just see he was very nervous. He didn't really like to be bothered, so I just did it in little pieces, right? I wanted him to know, hey, you know, there's someone who genuinely cares and wants to help. So eventually he allowed me to help him. He didn't know much about the gym, but he would really give her on the cardio. Like, he, I have never seen someone in uh, a bigger person like that really uh, be able to do what he was doing. So I was very impressed, actually. Mm -hmm. And so getting to know him, I helped him lose about 70 pounds at one point within, uh, I think it was like three or four months. And I was so proud of the guy and uh, he, he started changing his life. He started working in the daytime now and getting confidence and like just to see that grow in him and then I started talking to him a bit more and we got to be really good friends and he has he found out his dad has uh, schizophrenia his birth dad and that he's been in Selkirk for most of you know his life he doesn't really know his dad well so when I thought about doing this documentary I was like you know what that this would be perfect to show an experience of someone who doesn't have it but how schizophrenia or mental illness could impact the family and in a weird way, if one person has it, everyone has to kind of, it has an impact on everybody in the family and on our community too, right? So, um, so that's kind of how that came to fruition uh, with Paul. Uh, sorry, what's the other part of the question? <laughs> what is it like for you to see yourself, oh, yeah. your life on screen? Okay, for me to see... Uh, Everything on screen is a bit different. Um, I have to say uh, the work that Daryl did, um, the uh, editor, um, with putting everything together made me very proud. And it really portrayed the message that I want to get across. Mm -hmm. um, I can actually connect with it when I watch, uh, well, obviously when I see my story, I mm -hmm. connect with it. But when I see Paul's and Ainsley's, uh, Every single time I watch it, it brings tears to my eyes because I can understand what it would be like to have, um, you know, that could, have been, that could be me as a father or me as a stepdad or me as, you know, 
in those situations or what it would be like for someone else to go through that. It's very touching. So when I see these stories um, that we put on the screen, it's, it's very emotional for me. It's something I'm proud of at the same time, but I can see the, the impact it can have on somebody who maybe is struggling mm-hmm. that doesn't think anyone understands because it's a lot to express what's wrong and then when you see someone talk about it in a, in a way that they maybe they might catch something different than the average person would. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's a very precious thing. Now, what do you want the movie to be? What message and like, where do you see this going? What is the great, greater plan? Okay, so right now, and I'll get, Daryl will touch more on this, but we've entered it in a bunch of film festivals, and we're nominated right now uh, in one that actually we're going to find out on, what is it, uh, Wednesday, the 30th if we won the first one. So we were one of the finalists, I I hear. Uh, So I'm actually kind of uh, shocked, (laughs) to be honest. I didn't expect that. Uh, Eventually, I really wanted to get on to CBC. I've talked with them a little bit. I think the length of time that we have ours is 88 minutes, and they want 45. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure how that would work. But uh, eventually, I definitely want to get it on Canadian television because I really think Canadians can can benefit from this. Apart from that, uh, we're reaching out to Netflix and going to put it on streaming and have a uh, screening uh, maybe in the next month or two at one of the cinemas here. So, so hopefully the word gets out and uh, we can get as much exposure and uh, maybe it can have an impact on people. And how is Chris today? Is he in a good place? Chris is in a good place today, uh, even though we have uh, some of these uh, shutdowns, which is which kind of was normal for me <laughs> before. It was like, okay, this is how my life is, used to be. So in a way, it was really sad because I didn't want to go back to that, right? So, um, but, you know, I got a lot done with the documentary, so I just used my time wisely with it. Um, and, and, yeah, today um, I'm very inspired, and I really want to help uh, those genuinely who are suffering, and especially those who don't have a voice. Many who have schizophrenia are, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, are the ones that are in the basement, you know, in the house. And everyone just kind of leaves them be. And it's very common for that to be the way it is. And, and no one knows how they feel because they don't know how to... It's hard to talk to someone who has schizophrenia because they may not make sense to uh, the average person. Um, so I want them to know that there's somebody in their corner and that they also can themselves, uh, with a lot of hard work, bring themselves out of this too. Well, the documentary is a definite must-see. It is great. Congratulations, Chris. And we are going to meet some of your friends that have made the journey along with you. So I'm looking forward to it. Thank you. My name is Paul Callan. And Chris, to me, at this point, after uh, knowing him since fall of 2017, he's it's more like a brother to me. Like, he, we call each other brother. He's, he's always there for me. He's also a father figure to me. I mean, what more can you like? He's like a family member don't know my real father actually has schizophrenia. Um, I didn't know it growing up. Uh, he had left the family when I was just a toddler, pretty much. Uh, and, you know, he had visitations and went out with my mother. But, you know, I never really knew what was going on. I just knew, oh, my parents are no longer together. Uh, it wasn't until I was in my 20s that um, I really, you know, found out, you know, what had happened and, you know, how it affected uh, my, my mother and, unfortunately, my father. You know, it, it, uh, it broke their heart, of course. You know, I was lucky enough to have a, a stepfather uh, who, you know, came into my life when I was about four or five years old, became my dad. 
and they've been happily married for 30, 35, 30, 33 or 34 years now. Um, so, you know, it just brings a new perspective on things, how lucky I am to grow up where, you know, I have a family structure, but there are a lot of others, I'm, you know, like in the documentary, not everyone has been so fortunate. And, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, suffered and, you know, hopefully we can bring awareness and help others with this. That's all I can really say. What do you think of Chris now? What have you learned about Chris that you didn't know before this documentary? Honestly, nothing really, my perspective on him has not changed. He's still that, that lovable guy who just wants to see everyone get the best out of their life. You know, um, he, he's really great at observing and um, he doesn't just jump on it. He likes to learn about you and learn, you know, your positives, your negatives, and he builds on from there. And I mean, more people I can count, he helps. Like, he just loves helping people. It's what gives him gratification in life, right? Like, he, if he's not helping someone, you know, it's, it's what he does. He just loves helping people. And nothing has changed. Like, when I met him, I didn't know it was schizophrenia. It wasn't until a couple months after. It didn't change my perspective on him at all. Because I just saw a guy who is helping. I didn't see some of the other things that, you know, unfortunately other uh, people who have uh, schizophrenia suffer with. Um, he's able to bypass that and live a great life and help others in it. Well, my name is Daryl Palapus. I'm a cinematographer based here in Winnipeg. I am uh, the editor of uh, Range of Emotion documentary. And I also co-directed along with, uh, alongside uh, Chris. I first met Chris uh, the first time I got brought into the production late September, and that was the first time uh, meeting him as well. Like I never heard of him being a bodybuilder from way back in the 90s, so I had like no idea at all like what I was gonna get into. Um, all I all I know is that I got uh, I got to the I got to the meeting and uh, they told me like, hey, so we're gonna be doing this documentary, and it's about this um, bodybuilder that uh, got diagnosed with schizophrenia decades ago. And yeah, ever since then, it's been great working with him. You know, I feel like we, we connect on a lot of things and I feel like that's why this documentary really worked, really worked great. Uh, my style has always been um, story first, like narrative. And that's always been what I've been going for on my previous work as well. Um, that's how I um, thought of when I took over the documentary. It's like, you know what, Chris, Let's, let's build it upon Chris's story, and there's these people that are connected to him. Let's, let's, uh, let's hear their stories, and then let's see how they, they connect with Chris and how have they know each other. Going into the project, uh, take, uh, taking over of the, of the whole thing, I felt like I was very underqualified. But, you know, I did it anyway because I saw it as a learning experience, and, you know, like, it could, it could lead to even bigger things, better things towards the future and uh, that's my whole mentality going going forward. Welcome Tim to Hew at Home and thank you for being the gracious host on location here at Nine Rounds. Uh, Chris is a very special man so how did you first meet Chris? I was back in the fall of 2019. Uh, one of my staff or trainers at that time was uh, just about to be leaving and uh, apparently Chris had approached the gym here when I was not here and talked to my trainer and said he was looking for a position. Yeah. Shared his story to my trainer at that time there, Ben. Yeah. Ben called me up and said, Tim, you should really, really 
talk to Chris. Like, um, he's looking for a, a job. He can probably fill my job while I'm about to leave here. Yeah. And he's got an amazing story. Yeah. It's like, oh, what's the story about here? So um, then I had to interview him. Yeah. So I interviewed him. Yeah. Talked to him. Learned a lot about, I guess, he was very open about his situation there. Yeah. So it took a lot for him not only to open up and be honest with you that he has schizophrenia. For you, Tim, at first, what was your knowledge of schizophrenia? And obviously, you took the gamble and hired him. Yeah. Why? Well, I have uh, a brother-in-law who's got schizophrenia. Uh, one of my best uh, childhood friends, his brother, uh, has also got schizophrenia as well, too. Uh, I've heard some incidences of where it was uh, very dangerous as well, too. And when I interviewed Chris there, I, I looked at him like, oh, my gosh, this is a really big, strong man here. And it's like, could something happen, right? Could, could he snap there? Yeah. Yes, there could. And what could that do to my business? I just opened up here, yeah. But I looked beyond that there. Yeah. I looked at what he could bring, the gift that he had. Yeah. Um, I, I did my uh, references as well, too. I talked to them there. And, and the things that they said about him reinforced about what I had perceived of him there. Yeah. Um, he was a gentle giant. <laughs> no, he is a gentle giant there. Yeah. Um, so would you consider that Chris's gift? You'd mentioned that he has a gift. Oh, yes. Yeah, he, he is a gentle giant. He gives so much um, of himself there. And I've actually told him, too, before, as much as you want to give to others, be sure to take care of yourself, too. <laughs> yeah, You have to take care of yourself because you can't help others if you don't take care of yourself. Yeah. Um, and I, I th just knew that if I brought him onto the team, he could bring a different element uh, to the team and to our members, yeah. We're a martial arts-based um, club here, and I know as a personal trainer, that's not his, necessarily his forte there. No. But his, uh, his, uh, his story, his personality, his, his givingness um, to help encourage and uplift others, that really fit the culture of what I want to have at my club. Mm -hmm. um, yes, we are a gym, but we are in the business of uplifting people. Yeah. Well, and you definitely helped in this documentary so let's talk about, I mean, some of the things that you did help Chris in the process of making this documentary. Well, it was definitely, I guess, some, some points of where I, I did provide some mentorship there, some, some guidance, um, just on, on how to be proud of himself, yeah, uh, to how to take care of himself, on how to plan as well, too. Uh, this is a physically demanding position here, especially when we had our hand pads and our, our Muay Thai kick shields there <laughs> to hold. And, and that was taking a little bit of a toll on his body here. Um, if he's not normally trained on that there as well. Mm -hmm. So he had an opportunity to work at another um, uh, fitness center place there and that was, uh, you know, was less demanding on his body there. So I was very happy for him there uh, to, to encourage him to... to still pursue his opportunity in the fitness industry there. So that was back in um, the spring of 2020 there, just before the pandemic there. Wow. When the pandemic hit there, we all lost our positions. We all lost our jobs there. We lost our income. We lost our members there, yeah. 
and he he was still training some 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 people one on one. He would actually still buy gloves specifically from my location, yeah, to train and and support me and also to support his his members too. Um, he would, I th- believe he was paying for that out of his own pocket, yeah. So I you know gave him a discount there and and, and to help him with his 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 goals. He came and picked up some gloves uh, one afternoon here, and. I, I could just tell he was he was off. Something was off there. Yeah. And I said, Chris, well, what's happening here? Yeah, um, you got to get going. It's like we might we might have to move him. Like we might have to sell our house. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Well, why? What's happening? Yeah, it's just a lot of family issues here right now. Um, it's just not coming to you know. We're just might have to sell. And the main career that I also uh, have here is being a mortgage broker. Yeah. So I'm a mortgage broker um, that has a gym on the side here as well. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, uh, I kind of joke around here, I guess, just telling people to help people physically, mentally, and financially here. And I said to Chris, like, before you sell your house, let me see what we can do here for you, okay? So he was in a little bit of a financial uh, distress there, but I was able to make his money work harder for him there, uh, wipe out all his liabilities there, make payments a little bit more affordable there, give him some extra cash to have some breathing room and to, for him to pursue his goals. Yeah. So we almost missed each other on that one afternoon when we were exchanging yeah, gloves there. Yeah. Wow, just by happenstance. And now look at, we've got range of emotion. How does that make you feel when you see the film? I, I'm so proud of Chris. I'm really, really proud of him there um, that he has an opportunity to share the story yeah with with many people that aren't aware of 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 people with mental illness uh with schizophrenia there and then more importantly just how we that are not uh, aware of this uh, how we can um work with how we can cope we can how we can um see beyond it yeah so i almost see this as a superpower of chris here and that he just does not maybe even fully realize you know He's pretty lucky to have a friend like you, Tim. Oh, I, w- likewise, this is, we're very thankful to have him on our team here. So, yeah. and, and it's important that we see the, the, the good in others. Yeah. Um, we can't focus on, on the, the, what you can't do there, uh, all the negatives there. Um, we have to focus on the strengths. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. All right. We want to give a big thank you to our special guests on today's show, Chris, Tim, Paul, and Daryl. Have a happy holiday weekend, and remember, stay safe and healthy. And we'll see you next time on Hue at Home. Listening. This has been a production of iLikeQ.com. Podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada. 
women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to WhatSheSaidTalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.